I don't know about you, it takes a lot to shock me these days, but to see our judicial system resemble a third world banana republic, to see trusted American companies embrace insane and destructive woke ideologies is frankly depressing. We must fight back, and that starts with changing the way that we spend our money. For years, big mobile companies have been dumping millions into leftist causes, and we've had to take it because another option didn't exist. Well, it does now. Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider, offers dependable nationwide coverage on all the major networks, so you get the best possible service in your area without the woke propaganda pushed by leftists working hard to destroy this country. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you support free speech and religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military, veterans, and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching easy. Just go to PatriotMobile.com America right now. Get free activation today with offer code AMERICA. Ask about their coverage guarantee while you're there. PatriotMobile.com America. Again, that's PatriotMobile.com America. HomeBistro.com Freshly prepared, home-delivered, restaurant-quality gourmet meals delivered straight to your home. Choose from over 50-plus gourmet meal options cooked by world-class chefs and delivered frozen, ready to eat within minutes and no commit. Welcome to the one-shop gourmet food delivery specialized affordable options to eat right and feel great. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Every ingredient is hand-picked to the highest standard. And why you should buy from HomeBistro.com Restaurant quality Made with natural ingredients Delivered right to your door Overnight shopping is available Diabetic Paleo Heart health And vegetarian options To eat Doing business since 1999 Courteous Knowledgeable And professional support Complete PCI Compliant SSL Security ordering And great meals Choose from some of my favorite dishes The Mediterranean chicken With orange honey sauce The charbroiled chicken Romesco Or the grilled chicken breast With sweet and spicy vegetables No matter what you choose you can't lose with HomeBistro.com. Eat great, feel good, and save some money with HomeBistro.com. Hit the link in the description section below for more information. TheWhoThatDaily.com. That's right, TheWhoThatDaily.com. Your one-stop shop for everything New Orleans Saints, New Orleans Pelican, LSU Tigers, even the top flight boxing. So if you're a Who That and you're looking for a place to stay up on your team, WhoThatDaily.com is your site. TheWhoThatDaily.com for the sport Who That in all of us. Yeah. You're listening to the Sports Coma. 
Good question. So it's three weeks, three games, really. How do you feel about the separation statistics? I mean, are they real or? Well, you... the first question I always ask is, who's tracking? Who's the? Who's the person? You know, are we saying it's PFF? Then I don't have a strong feeling because I, you know, there's an assumption that you know that there's some. PFF stats that I think are valuable, and there's others that are invaluable. But but as judging receivers, is it something you look at at all? Uh, that sure. Yeah. Open. But how can some players have two ways to separate? Two ways to separate. Either through speed, running fast, or stopping fast. And then the last element would be within the formation. You know, tight bunches, clusters. A lot of times that can open up separation, but Run fast can help guys separate. Stop fast, you know, guys that can transition. If they don't run fast but they can stop fast, that can be a tremendous asset. And then formation variation. But I wouldn't I wouldn't look a lot at, at that number if it was PFF. Okay. Yeah. I read somewhere that you're off the competition committee now. Is that like a set term? Yeah, yeah I think it was, and it was the right time. Without getting, I'll leave it at that. Without getting fined. <laughs> uh, Sean, out of curiosity, when the player goes on the COVID list, like Crawley did, does that alter the timeline for when he can be activated off IR after he's been designated to return? Yeah, and look, there, there's a protocol, and then they become eligible. Obviously, they have to go through the COVID testing protocol. But you know he's someone that can be, he can be brought up. So, but the the twenty one day window, once you designate him for a return, that doesn't get impacted by a positive COVID test. Any positive COVID test, you're not playing. Right. Am I answering your question then? Does not, it pause right. the timeline though? Like the like, twenty one yeah, day yeah, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't think it pauses the timeline. Okay. Show me. You don't get the COVID and then the 21. Right. Yeah, yeah. Now, if you knew ahead of time, you know, it makes complete sense. And right. if it starts, you know. Does it affect anything? Like when you see for them, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, a bunch of guys don't practice on Friday. Does that change anything that, that you guys look, look at? Look, here's what we do. Just so you know, we, we get the injury report. I have it right here. They get ours. Um, and, and we study it. Obviously, we see the film. And then we get a past history of their injury reports like they would ours and we see that it's pretty common for instance that a few of their guys won't practice on wednesday maybe wednesday thursday and then they're 100 percent play time still and so we look a lot at the the history oh, michael will give me a long thing you know whenever this player has missed two days he's never you know or it's pretty standard and so you, you get used to looking maybe at a pattern so that's that's how we look at this and look there's always that game time where you're still wanting to validate. Any extraneous circumstances with this game this week as far as field so conditions? I would say this, mid-50s, 10-mile-an-hour winds, um, should be pretty good weather, and it's a field that there's a lot of a lot of footing issues. So this is this is one of those weeks. We had the, the, the meeting this morning on the footing.
relative to uh, there's tons of clips of guys slipping. You know, even the, the got to have it fourth and one quarterback sneak. You know that. How does that work with your, your feet selection going up there? I mean, do you all take them all with you? Yeah, we have them all, but we're going to be into more screw-ins than molded. The molded are more comfortable, but the molded um, they've resodded a portion of the field. But this is this is a this is a a grass field of work, and based on the film, there's a ton of guys slipping with molded shoes on. A ton. So, do you show the team the, the video of the guys slipping? Yeah, the that no, no, we have old footing. We, we go through it, and it's not optional. Like we're not asking them, "Hey, can you please?" Like this is what you're wearing. Do you ever make a mental note of like Saints fans in the stands on a road game? It seems like this might be a travel game for them this year. Um, I felt like we've been traveling well. Um, I think we've been traveling well. The only thing I thought about when you said this was. I can't recall the last time we were there, whether it was that or twice. We had the infamous whistle monster or whistle that blew. That the plate kind of stopped, but it didn't. Someone heard a whistle, and then that was my theory on, you know, our whistle whistle monster was at the game. And I, um, yeah, you, you you can tell when you have a, a contingent. And obviously, Nashville would be a good trip. Um, we, I think we traveled pretty well in a lot of games. Washington uh, was exceptional. That's Coach Payton uh, giving some heads up on the upcoming matchup. Week 10, fam. Week 10, a couple days away, man. Welcome to the great Saint Thank, thank. Much love to the family members in this one called TSC Week 10 Saints versus the Titans preview. Much love to the great Saint Thank, thank. Appreciate you guys being in a live stream. And like I've been saying for some time now, welcome, welcome, welcome. You're now rocking with the sports coma with Big Q and the guys. Well, we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. I'm Big Q chiming in on this episode of the Coma and You Know Who That Nation, the Black and Gold Nation, baby, the Great Saint Tank Tank, and I salute you. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all being up in this mug for this Friday stream, man. And listen, listen, fam. Let me tell you something. This is going to be a excellent game. The Tennessee Titans are a tough football team. I was studying some film on them today, looking at their some of their more uh, key players. This is going to be a tough one, fam. Saints, we don't have time for y'all to be going up in their half-ass. We got to get this one here against the Titans. And you know what? The black and gold will shine in this matchup. Thanks to the Atlanta Falcons loss last week. Y'all know, usually when we play down to a team we're supposed to beat, especially the Falcons. The next week, the, the Saints come back with a very majestic performance. And let's see what we do against the Titans. So I'm very enthused about this. And I think the black and gold going to handle business, baby. Would say you, great Saint Thank Tank, who that nation. So this is what it is, fam. So welcome to the stream. Hit the like button, fam. Appreciate y'all being in this one. And appreciate y'all spending y'all Friday with me up in this joint, fam. And we got, like I said, I can't allude to it to say enough about it. Got a tough one, fam. We got a very tough one. We're going to get into the injury report. Uh, momentarily, fam, I just want to give a shout out to the rest of the Who That Nation and the family members chiming in. Like we always do to family members that's new to the stream, I always give a heads up and a shout out individually to every Who That uh, family member in the building. So I go down my roll call in this one. Uh, who That To You? Let's see. Hoodie. What's up, Hoodie? Who That To You? My friend, appreciate you. All right. Josh Goat. Who That To You? Jasper. Who That To You? Brian. Who That To You? Big Ups, fam. Universal Love 878. 
who that to you? J-Live, what's up? J-Live 514, who that to you? Brother Doug, who that to you? What's up, Andre, who that to you, fam? All right, what's up, Demetrius, who that to you, fam? Appreciate you. Gabriel Thomas, who that to you, fam? Appreciate you. What's up, Brother Tory is in the building as well. Who that to you? Joe, Joe Thomas in the building, who that to you? Joe Wiley's in the building, who that to you? Rob is in the building, who that to you? Slade's in the building, who that to you? Appreciate you, fam. All right, who else we got coming up in this thing? Ultimate Streams TV, who that to you, fam? Appreciate you uh, being here as well. All right, what's up, fam? Kid, uh, Kid Sports with Carter. He said, I, I, I am a Saints fan. Don't let me down, Sean Payton. <laughs> Don't let me down. <laughs> yeah, you can't let us down, fam. I'm with you on that, Kid Sports. You better not let us down. What's up, Tim? Who that to you, fam? Appreciate you. Greg, who that to you, fam? Appreciate you. KK, who that to you, fam? Appreciate you. Carla, what's up, queen? Who that to the queens in the building? Who that to you? Much love to the fam. Greg, brother JT's in the building. Joe Gidry. All the Joes are in the building. <laughs> All the Joes are in the building tonight. Much love to the fam. All right, what's up, Tyrese? Who that to you, fam? Willie, what's up, brother Willie? Who that to you, Mr. Pops 3000? Who that to you, brother Jerry? The OG's in the building. Who that to you? What's up, John? Who that to you, fam? Tragic's in the building. My brother Tragic is in the building. Much love to Tragic. All right, what's up, Eddie? Who that fam? Appreciate you, my brother for being up in this joint as well. And big ups to the entire great Saint thing. Thank family members, the who that nation. If you didn't get hear your name, give me the who that and I give you a who that bag, baby. All right. So here we go. Let's get into that injury report. What's up, Keelan? Who that to your fam? Appreciate you as well. All right. Let's get going into this thing, fam. And like I said, this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one. Why? Because let's look at the injury uh, reserve. I mean, injury list and see how it goes. All right, five New Orleans Saints players were listed on the Friday injury report for a team's Week 10 matchup against the Tennessee Titans on the road, baby. Here it goes. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson foot issue. He's going to be out a DNP for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And, of course, he had a boot on that foot. I don't expect to see him right away. He's out for this matchup. Elvin Kamara with a knee was sidelined the entire week, so he's out for the matchup. Teron Armstead doing his – uh. A yearly trip to the injury. You know, we always lose brother Tyron uh, at least a few few games of the last several seasons. It's been a while since he actually seen that brother play a full season. It's tough on that line, man. Uh, he'll be out with knee and shoulder issues for this one as well. So the blind side tackle will not be there. Our star space back, Elvin Kamara, will not be there. And our fast, you know, crap talking uh, slot corner and Chauncey Gardner will not be there. But limited was Ty Montgomery and Carl Granderson. Uh, those guys were limited in practice, listed as questionable. You go on down to Tennessee, you see a bunch of their people there. Uh, the safety, uh, Krushank is out for them. Questionable is Bud Dupree. Jackson was limited. Harold Landry was limited as well. So those guys are good to go. Linebacker David Long is out along with their cornerback, Maben. He's out. Jeffrey Simmons is limited, but I think he would definitely play. Uh, he was DMP. They gave him a little rest. He should be good to go, even though he's banged up. A.J. Brown was DMP for this, this practice here, so his game time decision we'll see as well. All right, outside that, Rashad Evans, who was DMP for the last couple of games, is listed as questionable. Both the offensive linemen are had fully practiced as well for the offense. They're going to need that. Uh, uh, to Aaron Tart, the defensive tackle is questionable with a DMP designation. You look at uh, guard Nate Davis, who is fully practiced as well and questionable. It's Julio Jones. Julio Jones being questionable 
for a long time. If you ask me, the last several back years of his career with the Atlanta Falcons, he was listed as questionable. <laughs> that's why they questionably, that's the unquestionably and undeniability, uh, uh, un, uh, help me out. <laughs> they unquestionably marched his ass out of town. All right, Ryan Tannehill, illness, he's DMP. All right, so a lot of injuries with the Tennessee Titans, but nonetheless, let me tell you, like we talked to the brothers on the tip from the Tennessee Titan uh, weekly last night. That was a fun show, and appreciate them brothers, Hawk and, and Brother Jock. They came in and shared some science with us about their squad and players that the, who that nation need to be concerned about. And who better to scout the Titans but their own family members? So uh, he came in and they both came in and dropped some science. So if you didn't see that show, take a look at that uh, about the Titans. But let me tell you something. They are, despite the injuries, they got a bit of who that nation up in them, to be honest with your family, really do. Despite injuries, ripping a team up, this team is still on a five-game winning streak, and they are very tough mentally and spiritually. So this is going even though Derrick Henry is not there and several people are banged up, this is still a very dangerous team that we have to deal with. So we have to be on the, on, on the move, and who that nation got to understand that. Without Elvin Kamara, man, this is uh, this is uh, uh, looking kind of tough here. But let's get into more of about it. Uh, and this one here was done by Luke Johnson from the Times Picayune. You know, anytime I can put some of the local people on Front Street, especially the really good ones that make these good articles, I always got to throw this stuff out there. Kamara, Armstead, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson ruled out for the Saints. As you see, the Saints will go on the road to face the Titans, a team that has won five straight games, and they will do so without three of their most important players. Saints ruled out running back Elvin Kamara, left tackle Teron Armstead, and defensive back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, meaning they will go into the game without its best overall player, an all-pro left tackle, and one of the most versatile defenders. None of the aforementioned players participated in practice in any capacity this week. Losing Kamara for a week is a huge blow to the Saints offense that has already lacked a playmaking spark this season. Listen. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Listen, I like what, how Luke Johnson writes the majority of the time. But like I said, I don't come from like a hive mind. I know a lot of people kind of put their stuff together and, you know, they click up and all that kind of stuff. And we, you know, I'm more of like a critical thinking person. I critically think this thing. I know for a fact that the New Orleans Saints is not a passing team. And I told people that coming into this thing. I mean, put one in the chat if y'all heard me repeatedly and redundantly saying that the Saints are a running team. They will be running the ball this year, even when last year when Drew retired, even the year before his retirement, I was saying the Saints should be a running team. 
so they could take the pressure off of Drew Brees throwing it 35-plus times a contest. But the reality is the Saints really, at the end of the day, the offense has done a pretty decent job, to be honest with you, of keeping the Saints in these games, even the Atlanta game. The Saints offense rushed back and put 22 points up on the Atlanta. The defense didn't hold the points, not the offense. I see all these articles, man, because I read a lot of stuff and I just be just just throwing that shit out the window. I mean, because it's like, man, where's the perspective at? I mean, if you're not if you don't like a certain aspect of the team, that's your ass. But tell the truth on most of this stuff. Now, I'm not talking about Luke. I'm not talking about Luke or uh, Amy or Kyle or Bob Rose, because them some of my favorites. But some of these other people's man, come on, man. You know, pushing this shit about Odell Beckham and all this. Listen, the Saints offense, rank-wise, yes, they're on the back end passing-wise, offense-wise, on the back end of offense. But that don't stop the fact from a reality standpoint had the defense held the leads that were put up by the Saints offense in Atlanta and New York. The Giants game, you'd be sitting up here with one loss, and that would have been to the Carolina Panthers. You'd have knocked the Giants up out of here. You was up by double. You was up by double digits in the fourth, before they allowed two touchdowns or two scores on the back end of the day, the game. The defense did that, not the offense. The offense got them up. They were up by double digits. The defense surrendered multiple touchdowns on the back end of the Giants game to get them into overtime. And then the Giants offense marched down the field on the Saints defense and overtime and scored a touchdown on their ass, denying the Saints offense a chance to respond. Put a check in the chat if that's the correct response or put a one in there. That's what happened. Regardless of what happened prior to that, you were up by double digits in the Giants game. The defense failed to hold the lead. Check. Check. Facts. Atlanta. Let's move to Atlanta. Three sour offensive quarters of football from the Saints. Sour offensive quarters. A nuclear quarter in the fourth quarter. Got them 22 points. The defense helped out. Special teams helped out in there. Who took the lead? Saints took the lead, had two points after that wild-ass game. They came three scores down to take the lead by two. Who did not hold the lead with 41 seconds on the clock? Who that? The offense? Who did not hold the lead? The defense. So what I'm saying is two defensive series stops in the Giants and the Falcons game. You sitting up here with one loss. Now talk to me about that goddamn 30 rank. That don't mean a hill of beans, man, at the end of the day. If the defense had better defensive stops at the back in the game, I care not prior to the moment because you overcame that. It's no need to go back and reflect because the offense overcame the drops and the bad play to take the lead offense. The defense did not hold the lead like it was supposed to. That's the facts. So once again, if we want to get things fixed, could we at least focus on the things that are actually not right? The offense is not uh, a picturesque situation. We got a third string quarterback in there operating. We got to admit, we, you know, we missing our top wide receiver due to injury. And we got undrafted guys in there with a lot of potential that Coach Payton loves. So, no, you're not seeing explosives and they're saying, well, that's historically bad offense. Historically bad for real, bro. What did I just say about if, if the defense had good stands at the end of those games? You, you got one loss here. You got one loss. One loss. 
So like I said, this is a running team. This is not a passing team. This is a running team. And off the back of the run, the pass is instituted. And he got young players in every level of the Saints offense in the the skill position groups. And we're counting on those guys to contribute, whether that's Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson, even guys like Nick Vanette, who is not a starter who you're going to see for the first time in the Titans matchup. You look at guys like Tony Jones Jr., who was contributing before he got this undrafted young guys. You're looking at Marquez Calloway, Deontay Harris. You're looking at guys like Traquan Smith, who is in his fourth year. But, yes, he still hadn't played. You know, Traquan Smith was banged up, looking like a goddamn first-year player out there at times. You know? And then, of course, Kenny Steele's the veteran comes in to kind of steady the group. But they're getting a lot of flack. But I'm just trying to say, man, a lot of this is unfair, man. Very unfair uh, comparisons to make. How are you comparing them to the Saints offensive last year? And you got – uh, um, uh, you got guys like uh, Emmanuel Sanders running around there, and Jared Cook, who is a pretty decent uh, wide uh, tight end during a, a regular season. So, I mean, you're gonna compare that to this? That's not a fair comparison whatsoever. But whatever. At the end of the day, you can't get around the facts that the offense scored enough goddamn points. The defense got if the defense get up off their ass in some of these games and stop all that goddamn partying and with the smoke machines and the flashing lights and take this stuff serious and act like we've been here before with all the regular season wins that we done had under Coach Peyton tenure, we shouldn't be celebrating like this. What the hell are we celebrating like this for? We had not done anything. We're still sitting, we're still trailing the Tampa Bay Suckaneers and Skunkaneers in the NFC South right now. With a win over Atlanta, we could have suppressed Atlanta, basically broken their playoff chances of, of exceeding and broken their hearts. We could have climbed into uh, the lead in the NFC South but what are we looking at here? Are we It's too much club saint for me, man. We can be happy for a win, but God damn it, man. We need to focus on what's really important and have more of a workmanlike approach in these games when we win and beat these teams. We don't need to have club saint and all this shit every time, man. We celebrate when we get playoffs, celebrate playoff wins and deep playoff runs. That's when we put the smoke machines on and the flashing light and the disco ball and all that kind of stuff. When we start getting deep into up in this playoffs and start doing stuff and getting deep into the NFC championship and up into the Super Bowl, that's when you put that on and start celebrating like that. We done had too many regular season wins in the last four years, more than any other team in the NFL, to be dancing and partying like this all the time. You know, and then you got Atlanta sneaking up in here in the dome. And remember, both those losses was in the dome where the black and gold family members was in there showing up big time and support and you and they lost both them games to the saints in the dome in the dome mind you that wasn't on the road that was in the new orleans uh, superdome in the dome that's where you lost that i hate to get up in the spiel about it but you we let's keep the point let's keep the finger pointed right where it belong at and put it right where it belong at we're gonna talk about trevor simeon who's doing a pretty decent job and all this but let that finger point. If you got to point that finger at somebody, you point that finger right on that defense and say, listen, Q, you're right. That defense right there is not doing what they're supposed to do in certain moments of the game. They turn into a regular unit with a with a low IQ and start allowing p- plays and things to happen. That's the bottom line. Love it or not, facts is facts, and you can't get over that. Put that finger right on where it belongs at and say, listen, if we're going to have success deep, the defense cannot give up uh, big, dire plays at key moments to hurt us when we're trying to win the contest. They help you get there, but you got to close the door to take the win. Now, that's facts. 
Anyway, let's get on up in here and finish this article right here. Because that's the thing about talking about the low offense and all that. And that's what got me going right there was the fact that when we start getting on up in there talking about the Saints' 30-ranked offense and all this kind of old stuff and all this bull crap. But listen, what I just said, the two stances, the two stops on defense, Giants and Atlanta game, despite the 30 ranking, the Saints will only have one loss on the season. So that's one of these situations where numbers don't mean anything. You see what I'm saying? Numbers don't always tell the true story of the game, even though you're on the back end. Two defensive stances, and you're sitting up there with one loss, and that was to the Carolina Panthers because the offense did not show up because of whatever. They didn't have the coaches. They didn't have any motivators or whatever. And I'm just saying to myself, sometimes when you're getting paid multiple millions of dollars to play a child's game, that should be motivation enough that you don't have to get up and go work at a a paper mill smelling like crap and and dung to go work at at, at the paper mill or, or whatever how most people make a living. You're playing a child's game, making a hundred times people's salary. That should be motivation enough for you to go out there and kick some ass on the football field. <laughs> what you talking about? You, know, you mean to tell me I get to play a child's game and I don't need, I got to have somebody to hype me up and motivate me and I'm making millions. I'm making a hundred times what an average person making playing a children's game and I need motivation. Okay. Okay. I got you. That should be motivation enough. I tell you what, you get paid according to how you play. I guarantee you that to get them motivated. You get they be ready, they be ready to come to blows. Then where the rest of my money at? Oh, you got because you missed this tackle here. You missed several tackles. You dropped several balls right here. We deducted that from your salary. Oh, you'll see them get animated then. <laughs> Start grafting these contracts and having clauses where you drop contracts, you, you drop balls or miss tackles, you lose a certain percentage. Oh, uh, your salary, I guarantee you that'd be motivation enough for them to get up off their ass and make some plays. I'm keeping it real. Thank you, Crush. Appreciate you, bro. But yeah, that's how it is on the Who That Nation fam. Regardless or not, we got to keep it real. It's our squad, and we can't we can't placate to these placate to nobody. We got to keep it real and tell a hundred percent of the truth about our squad. We got to pinpoint the issues and put them out there. We the great Saint Think Tank, man. If we don't put that out there and we sit up here and we appreciate and just talk about how magnificent the team and how great the team is, this, that, and the third, and we seeing them out there making these mistakes offensively and defensively and special teams-wise, and you just letting them get away with it, you know, you know, sometimes you got to call them out. You got to call it out. You got to tell it like it is. You got to, like we say, you got to put it on front street. That's how you got to do it if you do who that nation. That's, how, that's the only way we ride. All right, let's finish up on this one, family. Of course, like you said, without Elvin Kamara, you'll be out. Losing Kamara for a week is a huge blow, a bro, a blow for him. As a Saints offense that has already lacked playmaking spark, Kamara leads the Saints in rushing with 530. Yes, the receptions, 32 and seven touchdowns. He has uh, almost, uh, what, what, uh, and touches per game at almost 23. And though he's officially listed as a running back, Kamara plays an integral role in the Saints passing attack that has struggled even with Kamara in a lineup. Entering Sunday game ranked 31st in the NFL. But like I said, the defense has two stops in the Giants game. Close the door on the Giants and the Falcons. You only got one loss. Hmm, to your 31st, your 30th ranking. That's what Coach Payton was alluding to, talking about the PFF people's stats. He was trying to, he was, you, you, you know, Coach Payton was kind of biting his tongue and milling about, but that's all right, Coach Payton. I know you can't say it because you don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it for you. A lot of that is bullshit. Let's just keep it real. And that's what Coach Payton really wanted to say about the PFF people throwing these stats. He said some of it is 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 decent, but a lot of it don't make any sense. It's an attempt. 
you're you're over analyzing things and throwing out stats, and most stats are meaningless. You're trying to <laughs> you're trying to throw all these analytics into the game, man. Most of the time, the numbers don't mean nothing. Like I just showed you, what's the thirtieth ranked offense if you if you have two defensive stops, you sitting up there with one loss. So what? And the Saints exploded for twenty two points in the fourth quarter against the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons knew that they couldn't allow that to happen. So I mean, like I said. Don't ever count out the Saints offense because regardless of who you have at the quarterback, if the guy has a good understanding of what Coach Payton is trying to do and you have weapons around, we're going to be we're going to be something else. We're going to be something else. And most of the time we are going to win most games because we have the same mentality as dogs have, which means that if the one guy is out, next guy in, we win games without our best wide receiver, Michael Thomas. We win games without our best running backs, my Elvin Kamara. We've done it. Done it several years. First ballot Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. How many contests that you win without him? You win regardless of your playmakers. You still go in games and win games. You still win games. Not too many people could say that or do that. Tennessee is one of those teams that can win without their good players. So you are into a really interesting matchup with a tough team. All right, let's move on, fam, as we keep going around this thing. Let me get to this next article right here. We got chimed up here. Where is it here? Let me make sure I got the right one here. All right, let's look at the – let me just get into uh, your depth chart right here. I got the black and gold depth chart on the screen for the family members right here. Let me kind of click it up. Yeah, there you go. All right, and this is what you're looking right <laughs> depth chart. As I say, you can see Trevor Simeon sitting on top of that. Elvin Kamara is out. So Mark Ingram will get an opportunity to get that rushing record. I doubt he really cares about that. If the Saints get it in the loss, he wants it with a win. It's sweeter that way. And also with the Saints running back situation with Elvin Kamara listed as out. And we knew that because earlier in the week, the Saints were looking at picking up running backs to bring in here. And we knew something was going on with Kamara because he had a little issue in the previous game with the, you know, the Atlanta matchup. So with him out for this game, Mark Ingram, who the Saints traded for a couple of weeks ago, is back at the starting role and he runs angrily. And we love to have Mark Ingram very emotional. Now, outside of that, we know Dwayne Washington is back. Uh, there as well. I don't think Dwayne, well, you probably would see uh, Dwayne Washington in some role. I doubt much. Why? Because I'm seeing more, you, you're going to see Ty Montgomery in that thing who was listed to come back. So I think Ty Montgomery would be good to go. You'll see him mixed in there with Elvin Kamara a little bit. You, bit, you might see a little bit of Dwayne Washington in that thing and expect the Saints to activate a Lamar, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Miller, I want to say his name is, fam. Y'all correct me. The former Houston Texan running back, uh, Lamar Miller, get him in there. I think he'll be activated for this game right here. That's the reason why he's on the practice squad. He's a good back. You know, he's when he's banged, you know, he's been banged up a lot, but he's a really good veteran running back. I expect the Saints to activate him for this for this game as well, because he's been on the, the practice squad for several weeks now, just, just kind of chilling about that thing. And he's a guy that can run inside and out. So I expect Coach Payton to bring him up on here. Uh, sooner or later. Okay, you look at the wide receivers, Callaway, Smith, Kenny Stills is there. And of course, we know LaJordan Humphreys was activated off the C-19 list. So you see LaJordan Humphreys in there. Deontay Harris, as it stands right now, is still uh, uh, playing. So you never know between now and the game, you know, will Roger the skunk Goodell come down with the issuance of the three-game suspension? I know sooner or later it's going to happen. If not for this game, maybe for the Philly game. So it it his his stuff is always so it's only a matter of time uh, for it to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened between here and now. That's how they do it. 
Uh, and of course, you go into the tight end situation. Adam Troutman is there. We know Jawan Johnson will be activated for the game. Nick Vanette will be back. So the Saints have their top three tight ends available. Garrett Griffin, to his uh, to Garrett Griffin has played well. Remember, Gary Griffin had a stance where he was catching the ball from Trevor Simeon, who's a practice squad guy, so he has a familiarity with Gary Griffin, um, a comfortability with him, so to speak. But with Troutman... Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this... Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Gather at the Winter Village at Cameron Run and experience the magic of the holidays with ice and lights. Enjoy a fun, unstructured outdoor family experience. Just a few minutes from Old Town Alexandria. Explore whimsical light displays, snap selfies, and take a spin on the outdoor ice rink. Book your visit early. Calendars fill fast, so make your plans with friends, visitors, guests, or that special someone today. Buy tickets today at CameronIceandLights.com. That's CameronIceandLights.com. There, and Jawan Johnson being activated. Nick Vanette is activated to play. It'll be good to see what the Saints' three top tight ends will look like as Coach Payton will use Nick Vanette in more of the blocking role and kind of move Troutman out to operate more as a uh, a guy, a wide receiver away, a tight end kind of guy on you know out to let him use his athleticism and stuff like that. So we'll see how that looks. And of course, we know Alex Armand will be there to help block for Mark Ingram. Hopefully, Teron Armstead is out, so James Hurst will occupy the blindside position. So both our starting left tackle and uh, left guard will be out. Uh, Pete's on the IR. So Hurst will step in for Armstead. Kelvin Throckmorton is at the other guard position for Re- I mean for Andrews Pete. And, of course, McCoy, Reese, and Ramchek are going to be there as well. And, of course, our defense uh, with Cam, the man in there, David Oyamada, Tuttle in the middle with Davenport. And, of course, we'll mix in a little Christian Ringo. We're missing some uh, passing yo and a few other guys. We'll see how that all shakes and moves. As Granderson is coming back. Uh, as we lose Peyton Turner to the IR for three weeks. And Coach Peyton said that he'll be back, uh, you know, for the season. That's a pretty good thing. Just shelving him and holding him down, let that nagging calf injury uh, go away. And, of course, our linebackers are good. Quan Alexander, Demario Davis, and Pete Werner, they'll be roaming about the field. And, of course, Paulson, Adebo, Laddie Daddy, Jenkins, and Williams. With Gardner out, people saying, Q, who's next up the bat? Ken Crawley was activated there. P.J. Williams is another possible to get in the slot, even though I like P.J. to stay where he is at the safety position. He's better there. Perhaps we see some Bradley Roby. My 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 bones about it is probably to be Bradley Roby playing that position, even though people say P.J. Williams would probably be more familiar with that. But how do you justify not having Bradley Roby with an opportunity with uh, Chauncey Gordon Johnson being out and Roby really was brought in to start? You're not going to keep him at the fourth at the Dom uh, cornerback position. He will move into the nickel position like it or not. So Roby would be my call as Ken Crawley comes on. He'll occupy the Dom position, perhaps P.J. Williams mix and match with him. And uh, we'll just keep that thing going. Brian Johnson and Blake Gilligan have been a special tandem. These two young guys have really been spectacular for the Saints special teams. Deontay Harris has done a damn good job of punt returning and kick returning for the Who That Nation. So when we miss him for three games, most certainly, perhaps the Saints reach to the practice squad with Aesop Winston. Quan Baker, who has a uh, uh, punt return, kick return applications, has a lot of speed, is tall. Perhaps we reach and get him, him or Aesop Winston, who do have uh, 
uh, some familiarity, uh, familiarity in the kick return, punt return aspect of it. So that's the Saints uh, team as they stand right there, just to get the family members, uh, uh, to get them familiar about what really is going to go off here. And like I said, we are banged up we, without Elvin Kamara. But a lot of people thinking just because we don't have Kamara that the Saints can't be impactful. That is, you, you, I'm telling you, you, you're making a big mistake. And you don't know the, who that nation and You don't know the black and gold. If you think the Saints can't win without Mike Thomas or Elvin Kamara, they've proven, even without Drew Brees, that you, if you think for a second that the Saints can't beat these teams without their, quote, end quote, star players, you're sadly mistaken. We always got guys that are ready to step up and make it happen, baby, to make it happen and knock you on up out of here. So let's move on to the next one. We're going to move into this uh, kind of speed it up. I'm going to get right into the Tennessee Titans stuff in their depth chart here and go over some of these uh, stuff right here. Now, let's, let me see if I can make that bigger for the family members. There we go. All right, now here it is, family. Some of the statistics from their people there, as you see, well, Jameis Winston still right now is leading the Saints in several of uh, the receiving ca- uh, categories until – uh, Tannehill catches him. We'll see for the rest of the season. Probably will take it'll take a while. But Jameis was having a really good year, man. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions, almost 1,200 yards. What a shame. Tannehill, 191 of 289, 2145 on the passing yards, 11 touchdowns. But I want y'all to take a look at this eight interceptions. Tannehill will throw a touchdown. He got a bit of a gunsling in there. He got that I could have, I, I can, I can, I think I can mentality to try to fit balls in double teams, stuff like that, and usually get stuff intercepted. So he got a bit of gunslinger. He will turn the ball over. He will give you an interception or two. So the Saints just have to be opportunistic in that stance to get ready when you get the pressure on Tannehill. And then Tannehill has some wheels, too. He runs when he has to. But he he will roll out on you. And what happened with the Saints last week when they allowed, they allowed the junkie robot, uh, Maddie Icy Hot, to be able to kind of link out and start creating plays with his foot. You cannot do that. You can't allow a running back like Tannehill to use his wheels to pick up and extend plays and drives for you. That's a recipe for disaster. We cannot let them, and they're going to try to take what Atlanta did and operate some type of wheel route or whatever. Like they were just letting Patterson just do whatever you want to do against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, against the Atlanta, Atlanta, against the New Orleans Saints defense with the wheel route with Patterson, and that was bullshit. And never really did and took him seriously. And he was the one to keep contributing and helping to beat us last week. Can't let that happen because they're going to try to mimic that game plan. I'm telling you what time it is. All right. And their top guy, of course, is uh, Henry, man. And boy, he was headed for a monstrous season at 937 and 10 touchdown. He done for the year. Our guy, Kamara, who's the top rusher, he'll be out for a little while. Deontay Harris is the man right now in receptions, 21 of them for 323 and two touchdowns. A.J. Brown has an issue. We covered that. And A.J. Brown, I don't think he'll be playing in this game. I think he has a certain – I don't know if A.J. Brown has a doubtful, not a doubt, a questionable a declaration. I don't know. He drops a lot of passes. Even the, the uh, 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 Tennessee Titan brothers was talking about that, that he needs to clean up those drops. Rush always said, Q, it seems like Andrews is still trying to plague us. Yeah, we got some problems, bro, but you, you know we deep. Thank you, Rush Hour, for that super chat, bro. Appreciate you. All right, and, of course, A.J. Brown's a top target. Four catches, 551, three touchdowns. Uh, there and I think he's dealing with some injuries of, of his own as you can see our injury list right here a little bit of it in theirs as well as Julio Jones is questionable but there are other guys and like I said the brothers warned us about some of the other guys that they have that could be uh, guys so remember it just because uh, their star, star guys is not there doesn't mean that guys can uh, with no names could hurt you what happened in the Atlanta game who hurt you in that game uh, Russell Gage hurt you in that game he did a Kelvin his Kelvin Ridley impersonation Patterson on the wheel routes, he hurt you in that game. 
even the tight end uh, Pitts made some catches. He made some drops, but he made some catches as well in the center of the field for the Saints. Can't allow that to happen. You know, so you got some of these guys, and of course, Zachuis or what Zachuis or whatever the hell that man name is, he was making plays on the Saints. So you don't have to have a, be a big name to make plays on the Saints defense. Think about that. Think about that. They were making plays on the Saints and consistently moving the ball. I thought you had an elite-level defense. Saints are a very good defense. Let's hold on on elite-level defenses yet. I even had to pull back on the verbiage after going back and researching and looking over the film of the Saints defense against Atlanta. And, of course, I was looking back other performances against Tampa Bay, and I was looking at other performances uh, uh, like with the Giants' performance, how they just blew, blew a gasket and just went to hell in the handbasket. I've been seeing breakdowns from the Saints defense, and I've been drawing back off that elite level stuff because IQ, a lot of that was IQ in moments of the games where it shouldn't have been. I can understand you making uh, having issues in certain moments of the game, but not in the clutch moments of the game where we need you to stop them. You see what I'm saying? So, I mean, I've been, no, go back and look at the film. Like, uh, I don't know. We got some improvement to do. So, I'm going to just lay back off an elite level defense. I'm going to say we're very good. But elite level defenses don't give up like if it's you at the back end of the game and we need stops to put the team on uh, their opposition on ice. The defense, if it's elite level defense, they're going to show they're going to close the door on that offense and seal the game for the Saints. And I haven't said that was they failed in the Atlanta game and a big one. A big thing is against the Giants. They did good in the Tampa Bay game to get the pick but remember all the stuff prior to that too so like i said let's 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 watch out and that's right that's right so yep that's right kk the rush too where your pass rush at remember games where the pass rush the giants game was non-existent they didn't get to maddie icy hot until very later on so hey very good but like i said i'm just letting you know most people ain't talking about the defense thank you tim tim says listen hey I'm telling, put the tape on and watch some of these games, how the defense, now they be celebrating it. They don't miss a handshake. I get you. But at the end of the day, we cannot allow teams to beat us with wide receivers who you can't even pronounce their name. Zachuius or whatever the hell the die guy name is. I know Russell Gage because he's from LSU. You know, Pitts was doing some stuff and had he had some better hands, he would have beat the Saints with a touchdown. He had one. He threw it right off his hands. That was a touchdown. You know, so like I said, I'm seeing cracks in the armor that we need to fix. Bottom line, so I'm not going to be quick to put elite-level defense on the Saints defense just yet. We're very good. we got to stop the celebration to fix the cracks in the armor. All right, here we go, fam. If we want to have a deep playoff run, you better do that shit. I'm going to just be real, real with you on that. All right, so let us let's let me see if I can kind of put these stats a little closer, fam. Let me amplify the stats. How that look? That look a little better? I know that other stuff was kind of far out there. Hold on here. Let me kind of look back up off of that. There you go. All right, now look, this this is the statistics that we pay attention to right now of what's going on with the squads. All right, you can see the Saints coming into this game, 25.1 points per game. That's respectable, man. That's respectable. So is the defense holding them to 90, 19.4. That's very respectable. And with, with that, to be honest with you, fam, when you're averaging 25.1 and holding people less than 20 uh, points per contest, the Saints should be very well. They should be 7-1, and one, to be honest with you. Y'all know and I know that the Saints should be 7-1 and one right now. With numbers, that's good numbers. You look at the Tennessee Titans, they're 28.3 while giving up 23.4, and they are 7-2 and two on a five-game winning streak. 
Saints are three and one at home. They had it bought us, I mean, on the road. And that's just amazing to me. The Saints really they're not taking advantage of the of the energy of the dome. Two losses in the dome against the Falcons and the Giants. That's really poor. Dome packed to the capacity. We can't even use that energy to get wins in that some bitch. That is absolutely amazing. But they go on the road, they three and one. So that's a good sign. They're comfortable on the road. Tennessee seven and two, and they three and one at home. So something got to give. Total yards there, tw- uh, 325, almost 326 per game. Total offense for the Saints, 203 of it through the air, throwing, and the Saints running that thing at 123 yards per contest. Very respectable. Very respectable. You know, you see what I'm saying? And then you look at the Tennessee Titans, they're averaging 378.4. They average almost 240 yards throwing the ball through the air. And they are rushing that thing at almost 139 yards per game. A lot of that is Derrick Henry. He's no longer there. But if you take him out the equation, I know that that drops a bit big time. A lot of that's Derrick Henry. Not to discount their rushing attack, but Adrian Peterson's in that thing right now. We got to make sure we make sure he doesn't uh, uh, do anything spectacular. Defense, the Saints allowing 362.6 points per game. Uh, yard, I mean yards, sorry. Uh, 288.9 yards through the secondary and the Saints halting people at 74 yards per game. You're not going to run on the Saints defense. They're too stiff in the middle. And let me tell you something. The Saints defense, interiorly speaking, was doing that type of stuff. And David Onyemata was on a six-game suspension. You think that's going to fall out of the floor with David Onyemata back in the center, their best interior alignment? That's only going to get better and even better for the black and gold. So, then let's look at what Tamp, what the Tennessee Titans are doing. 385 yards per game. They're allowing on defense 285 yards through the air, and they allow you to get 100 yards a game on them through the defense. So that's not very good. But they have a good front four, but they're allowing 100 yards rushing according to the stats through nine contests, which says to me, like I said before, and you tell me what you think. Is the Tennessee Titans defensive line better than the Tampa Bay's defensive line? Tampa Bay's defensive line was the top rush stuffing unit in the NFL. People were scared to run on them. Saints only just go into the Superdome and put up casually 100, what was it, 120 plus yards on them? Oh, we can't run against them. We got, I said, no, 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 no. Test their line. Stats, I, I don't care about stats at all. Let's see how really good you are running the ball. And I'm telling you, that if the Saints could put up 120-plus yards rushing the ball on the Tampa Bay's vaunted number one rush stuffing unit, imagine what we could do anywhere. That's not, uh, 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 you know, looking at uh, Tampa Bay. It's not a bad defensive line unit. They're actually uh, pretty respectable. You know, they're pretty good. Not discounting Tennessee. But listen, we done seen some tough defenses, and we done ran through some people this year. So what, what is Tennessee? We got to test it. They're giving you 100 a game, fam, on the ground. What you going to do? You average 123 yards a contest running the ball. They're giving up 100. What you going to do, fam? What you going to do? Let's keep it moving. That's the statistics right there, as you can see. Like I said, Tennessee's last five games are all wins, beating Buffalo by one, by three, 34 to 31. They had some respectable. Look at the last five games that they won. You can't take nothing from the Tennessee Titans. You can't do it. They are a very good unit. You can't take none from these brothers. Jackson, they beat Jacksonville 37-19. Nothing really sterling about that. They did get a good win against Buffalo, got him and knocked him around. They beat them by three. They beat Kansas City very impressively, 27-3. to 
in that matchup. They beat the Colts, who are actually playing a lot better in overtime by a field goal. And they also beat the Rams impressively, 28 to 16. So those, you know, those four, four of the five games that they won, give, you know, give Tennessee some respect on it because that's some tough opponents, regardless of Mahomes boys is playing bad or not. That's still that's still a difficult win anytime you go and you play the Kansas, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a difficult win. Thank you, caller, for becoming a member. Thank you for calling. Much love to the Queens. Appreciate you, baby. Much love. What's up, Lori? Who did I tell you? Much love. All right. Big ups to the Queens and the Kings in the building, baby. How y'all doing? All right. Feel free to hit upon the like button, family, if y'all hadn't already hit it. And, of course, the black and gold. As you can see, what we were doing, we had our own little streak going on after the Giants debacle. The debacle in the dome, as I call it. And, of course, we reeled off wins against the Washington football team, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and the Tampa Bay Skunkaneers, we did. And then, of course, we had the letdown against the Atlanta Falcons, which kind of broke our streak. And it had been cool to carry our five. It had been, what, one, two, four game winning streak until into Tennessee with their five game winning streak and see what gives. But, hey, the Atlanta loss helped set the Saints up for what could be a really nice win in Tennessee. But you got to go get it. They ain't going to turn it over till you got to go up there. And it's a tough out anytime you go up to Tennessee. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. It's tough up there. All right, let's keep it moving, man. We're going to get into, let's see, the Tennessee Titans uh, depth chart right here. Let's break that down and get into it here. As you can get the family members familiar with who their squad is here. Get that on the big screen there. Hold on, family. Let me fix that so y'all can see it all the way. All right, there we go. All right, as you can see right here, they got Tannehill on top of that thing doing his thing. He looked really good in Tennessee since coming over from Miami. Uh, Adrian Peterson, that's right. AP is the man uh, as the running back. They brought in there. They got backup running backs, McNichols and Foreman, uh, Deontay Foreman, who the brothers was talking about, Hawk and Jock was talking about from the Tennessee Titan Weekly, who they expect Foreman to get some reps in this thing. He's a very violent runner. And we, you know that, uh, you know, them guys like to run that ball. So we're going to see how they do it with Peterson and Foreman. They're going to really try to get uh, come in there with that rock 'em stock 'em, that rock 'em sock 'em style of running game. AJ Brown is listed. Uh, he has some injuries, but they're saying that he looks good here. Julio Jones is questionable for the matchup, but they got Chester Rogers there as the other wide receiver. And of course, you got Marcus Johnson, and you got Nick Westbrook is another dude that Jock was talking about. He expects to have a uh, to do something there as well. So don't be don't be look look out for them unknown receivers. There's always them little unknown receivers. That's sneaking in there trying to make some plays against you. Okay. So, you know, of course, the toughest assignment, if Julio is good to go, you know, it might be uh he's gonna be ladded daddy on Julio Jones, perhaps a Debo on Brown. We'll see if Jones plays. And of course, you'll see Chester Roberts, uh 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 Roby, uh, uh Bradley Roby. Sometimes during Christmas, something magical happens. Hey, Cricket customers. The Max with Ads plan is included with the Cricket $60 Unlimited plan at no additional cost. And this holiday season, Max is the one to watch when you're feeling festive. Son of a nutcracker. Cozy up to all the holiday classics like Elf, 8-Bit Christmas, and the Harry Potter 8 film collection. Just log in with your Cricket username and password to experience Max on all your favorite devices. Phone plan streams and standard definition programming subject to change. Fees, terms, and restrictions apply. See CricketWireless.com for details. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. 
If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com/play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh on him to make sure he makes some plays there. So, um like I said, man, it's 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 very intriguing to see What's going to happen? Now, the tight ends, not much. You got Swam, the former Cowboy there, and a few other guys. And, of course, their line their line is you can get to the quarterback. Uh, Taylor Lewan is their best offensive lineman. You got Safford there, Ben Jones, Nate Davis, and Quisenberry all fill out the top five right there. And, like I said, they're a decent offensive line. They're not bad at all. The Saints going to have to put pressure on these guys to get to Ryan Tannehill. And, remember, you got to contain Ryan Tannehill, too, and, not, and don't allow him to leak out. We can't allow – them to recreate what happened to the Saints last week. We can't allow them to let Tannehill roam around and make plays with his feet to extend plays. We cannot do that. We got to make sure we hit these guys in the face early and don't allow them to gain a rhythm like we did with Daniel Jones of the Giants and and the junkie robot, Matt Maddie Icy Hot. We can't let them do that. And, of course, the three-fold defense is what a lot of the brothers was talking about. They're really proud of this defensive unit. Jeffrey Simmons is a big guy. He had three, and I looked up that game when he had them three and a half. He had them three sacks against, I think that was Buffalo, and he is a monster. They got him listed as a, def, a defensive end. This guy is is over three hundred pounds. You know what I'm saying? And he got cat like quickness, so he's definitely somebody we want to uh, throw a, a, a microscope on and be ever so watchful of. You know what I mean, fam? We got to be able to watch out for that big sucker. But uh, let's keep it going. All right, then, of course, Tahir Tart is questionable. I don't know if he plays, but Naquan Jones is another really good interior defensive lineman, a run stuffer there. Danico Altry is pretty good as well, not a name, big-name player, but these are solid players for the team. Harold Landry, one of their vaunted picks, uh, draft picks from out of Boston College, has speed, has propensity uh, to rush the passer. He has a very good athlete. I know David Long Jr. is a good one for him. He'll be out for the game, so they'll have to go – with one of their backups, where it's J.I.M. Brown or Monty Rice or whoever, but they're going to have to get in there and play for him. And Rashawn Evans is banged up too, so I don't know what happens with him. But Bud Dupree is good to go. And then you look at their secondary, which, you know, they're very proud of the secondary, with Jack Rabbit there dropping game on or the Tennessee Titans about the propensities of the Saints offense, even though it's not the same, but any little piece of information can help. And they got Elijah Molden, Molden who's the son of Alex Molden, the first round, former first round draft pick for the Black and Gold Saints. That dude was awful. I think his son is a lot better than him. I was looking at film of his son. He's he's little. He's kind of smallish, but he can play. And then of course you look at the safeties: Amani Hooker, who's opportunistic to say the least, very smart safety, and Kevin Bayard, who is one of the top safeties in the game. This kid is he'll light you up. Real intelligent person is really the heart and soul, in my opinion, of that defense. Man, he is he awesome. And, of course, you look at the special teams of Randy Bullock and Brett Kern, who are very good uh, special teams guys. And, of course, you know, uh, Chester Rogers is the is the very speedy wide receiver that handled the punt return, kick return duties for their squad. Now, they got a very good special teams unit, but so do we. 
our guys, our weapons, they will pin your ass back there and force you to have long drops. And when they pin you up against the goal line, Saints defense have to be opportunistic to see if they get safeties or sacks. But constant pressure is needed to keep the crowd out of the game, to neutralize it. Now that we know the statistics, now that we know the players involved, how about getting into some of the breakdown? How do the New Orleans Saints neutralize this team and get the win? How do, how do we do that, fam? Well, number one is, like we just showing you on the screen here, if we can get back into it, this team rises and falls with Ryan Tannehill. Really, really, he was a guy that did a lot of good work for the Tennessee Titans. But let me tell you something. He has eight interceptions on the year, which means he doesn't take good care of the ball. He will give you a pick. He will try to force balls where they don't belong. There was footage I was watching with him. Some of them he tried to fit stuff through tight windows at times. He takes shots. He's a bit of a, got a bit of a gambler in him. He does have a good arm uh, to try to make things happen, but he will give you a pick or two. He will. He, he will give you some picks. But also that he he – tries to stay in the pocket when he needs to to make plays from the pocket but he can also move he's not a josh uh uh you know the big guy josh allen he ain't a he ain't speedy big guy like that but he can move well enough to extend plays and get out of trouble if he takes off and picks up a few yards that's what i'm looking at that could be problematic for the black and gold if he if they allow him to start running like we let run like maddie icy hot do in that atlanta game we're going to have issues because he will extend plays, right? He will do that. He got a dart. He can throw it. He, he can throw that ball too. But like I said, he does have a bit of that gunslinger in him with those eight inter- interceptions. He will turn the ball over. So what we got to do is we got to make sure that we put pressure on Tannehill while containing him. We can't allow him to leak out and make extra spare plays. And what we want to do is pressure him and make them try to run the ball with Peterson and Foreman. That's what we want to do. We want to put pressure on Tannehill, blitz in his face from the straight from the get-go, knock him around, get him, you know, don't sit back there and rarely back there and let that fucking guy, excuse my French, start getting a repartee with his wide receivers and then you're going to start trying to blitz him later on. No, you give him the shock and eye treatment. You hit him in the face early and often and then let him get that deer in the head. Like, look, starting the game. Don't let them guys sit back there in that pocket and get comfortable and you sending four. No, you're going to have to send people in there. If them four ain't getting to them, you're going to have to send five. You're going to have to be smart about that thing. you got to put pressure on them. And like I said, I think the Saints run stuff in unit would do enough to neutralize whatever Adrian Peterson going to do or whatever they're going to do with farming. But also another thing is if they're going to try to mimic some of Atlanta game plan, I can already tell you they studied film on how Atlanta was able to move the ball on the Saints by throwing in the center of the field. The Saints have at games have shut down the use of drawing to the inside, but all of a sudden, like in the Atlanta game, you they taking shots and they find a, a space and opportunity where we need to switch up our looks a bit. We need to start ma- ma- mixing it up with that playing that zone and that man and all this kind of stuff. We got to mix it up a little bit on them because listen, last week I didn't like what I seen. I didn't like how you they was able to find a wide receivers a little too easy, and we showed them too much respect. We showed Atlanta offense too much respect, and we didn't, I mean, in terms of uh, not blitzing them and thinking the fork can get to them, and look what happened. Let Maddie Icy High sit up there and get into a rhythm. We can't allow that to happen this time against Tannehill because he does have the athleticism to get out and scramble and do something. Like I said, Icy Hot runs and everything's shaking and moving like a junkie robot. You know what I'm saying? The stuff clinking and falling off of him. <laughs> he running. It's like you hear junk. It's like. It's running. It's, it's running. He got pots on his back. And you know how pots, if somebody, you, you tie a bunch of pots around your neck, 
you got six or seven pots around your neck and you start running with the pots and you hear they clanking together and they're making a junky sound. That's how when Maddie Icy Hot starts scrambling, that's what you start hearing. Junky pots and shit falling and swinging all off. Of them. But we can't let this. This guy is a little sleeker with what he's doing. We can't allow him to do that. But also, like I said, we got he is the key to the whole thing. Derrick Henry usually is the guys you got to stop the force pressure on him. But Tannehill is the key to this thing. Peterson don't know enough of their offense yet. They're going to lean on their backup backs. So the real, the key to their offense is Tannehill. You're going to have to get to him, bottom line. And you're going, he's going to give you opportunities with interceptions. I'm just, giving, I'm just giving you the game. I've seen it on film. So we got to get to Tannehill early and often and knock him around. We can't allow him to gain a rhythm with anybody out there. We can't allow them to duplicate a take and start creating wheel routes and throwing the ball and say, we can move the ball on the Saints. Inside the center of the Saints defense, we can move the ball. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. Let's shut this down right now. I see what you're trying to do. Let's neutralize that and get you on up out of here. So, I mean, that's number one. And then, of course, you look at the defensive side of the ball. The Saints going to have to do missing two starting offensive linemen and, and of course, Teron Armstead and having Hurst there. Hopefully, Coach Payton goes into his bag and start using the fullback to help Mark Ingram activating Lamar. So Lamar can come in there and help out uh, using Ty Montgomery. Taysom is back, so expect Taysom to be used in the wide receiver room as well as the running back. So, I mean, a lot of this, man, we're going to have to remember to do because the Saints, a lot of people saying, well, Q, we don't have this at the third. Remember, family, the Saints have several players on their offense that they can cycle between different rooms. They're, they, they're, they don't have any boundaries. They don't have any borders. These guys can move wherever you need them to move. We're talking about Ty Montgomery. We're talking about Taysom Hill. We t- even Jawan Johnson. If you need Jawan Johnson to move the wide receiver for a little bit, you can move Jawan Johnson there. So they have several players that they can cycle all around wherever they seem to need them at, and they could be effective. If Ty Montgomery is healthy, expect him to get uh, snaps behind Elvin. I mean, behind Mark Ingram because Kamara's not there. So, like I said, we're going for the defensive standpoint. We're going to have to run the football because that is the basis. One of the family members said the other night, Tennessee Titans family members came in and said, you stop the Saints from running the ball, you stop the Saints. You put pressure on – if I was a defensive coordinator and I was going against the Saints, that would be my goal. My goal would be to take away the Saints' rushing attack, which is easier said than done, and then force the quarterback to beat you. But in most cases, if you're protecting the quarterback, the Peyton the, the could light you up. Coach Payton could light you up if you're protecting the quarterback and they getting them guys are catching the ball and you stop the Saints from running the ball. They're they're intelligent enough to still be able to pick up yards and be able to create things to happen. And sooner or later, they get the running attack going when they spread you out. So, like I said, we have to take nothing away from it. This is not going to be an easy game. I'm, I don't want to give anybody the wrong impression. I'm putting the family members on on alert. Not because of the crappy referees. I usually I used to play the alarm when I sounded for the referees. <laughs> I just stopped doing it because if that was the case, I'll be annoying. I'll be annoying your ass all season long by blowing the horn. I'll start. I was gonna start adding it to the, the watch parties and start blowing the horn. <laughs> I go put the horn and then start playing the alarm. Maybe people that cute turn that goddamn horn off. <laughs> oh, here's the button. Ah! Yeah, 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 hell yeah. That'd be Robbie. You might as well let that play all the way through. You won't even hear me talk. <laughs> Uh-oh, the referees got the whistle. They might hear go the horn. The whole damn way. So I just like, man, the hell with that. You know what's coming. So listen, defensively speaking, this is a very difficult game. 
for the black and gold going up to Tennessee. They're on a five game winning streak. They're playing really good football right now. And we're going to have to go in there without AK 41 without Jameis Winston, who's hurt without Michael Thomas, who's hurt without Will Lutz. That's hurt. And most cases people would say, y'all don't have a rat's chance to hell. They given a uh, Tampa. I mean, uh, Tennessee, a three, what is it? He's spotting them three. Watch out. This is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a tough one, but I'm telling you, I'm going to enjoy it, and so are you. So, I mean, with that being said, fam, like I said, one more look at it, but this is a tough squad here, man, especially defensively speaking. I was looking at footage of them defensively, man, that Tennessee Titan squad defensively are something special, man. You know, it ain't a, it ain't a bunch of malarkey, man. Let me tell you something. <laughs> This team ain't no malarkey, that's for certain. They're the real deal. They're not, they, 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 that's right, 504 said, don't forget Armstead. Yeah, don't forget Andrews Pete, right, fam? Got to put that, and Pete too, right? Right, 504? I mean, you know, Crusher? No, no Armstead, but but, but we, we Pete either now. Pete either, family. Not, don't, don't forget Pete. Don't forget Pete either. We down two starters right there. We down two starters. All right. <laughs> Y'all not got to troll y'all a little bit on Andrews, man. Andrews, Pete ain't playing like Jack nothing right now. So, yeah, it's all good, though. But anyway, my what would what, be my score predictions on this one? Families to get a prediction to the contest. Um, I would have to say, you know, like I told the brothers the other on the previous stream, I think the Saints get the win. And I say maybe, I say 24 24 to 17, somewhere in there. I'm getting 20, 27, 21, 24, 17, somewhere in that realm. You know, somewhere in there because it's crazy because the last several weeks of seeing Trevor Simeon, it's like it's it's a tick up. It's a, it's a progression. And what Coach Payton is allowing for him to do, does that trend continue? Because obviously – He's a veteran quarterback that does play well in, in a small window. That's the thing about Trevor Simeon that people discount, that he plays well in a small window. And if the Saints can protect him and wide receivers catch the ball and they operate, they can win games. They can. You mix Taysom in there and the players that we got, they can win games. If you rely on a rushing attack, let the defense rest, and they make stops when they're supposed to, and the special teams are playing well, we can make a run at this thing. We can have a deep playoff run because you have everything you need to win in the playoffs. If you keep the turnovers down and you play high IQ football, you run the ball really well, stop other people from running the ball and get pressure on their opposing quarterbacks and offense and have a good special teams unit that can get field goals and pin them back and get good return yards. You have the recipe to have a deep playoff run. Even if you don't have a big name starting quarterback sitting on top of the team. Now, wouldn't it be real ironic and and really absurd, not absurd, but really miraculous if the Saints get to the Super Bowl with Trevor Simeon at the helm? And people say, no way, Q. I'm telling you, crazier things have happened. If you got a running attack in a very, a very good defense that learns as they get better and don't give up plays to worthless, I ain't going to say worthless teams, but teams that they're better than, let's just say it like that. You're going to have some winning. You're going to win some games because there's quite a few teams out there that had went to the had deep playoff runs with quarterbacks that wasn't hitting on nothing. I think I remember Trent Dilfer in the year that he led a squad. He had more interceptions 
Then he had touchdowns. I think he had like 11 touchdowns and 14 interceptions that year. And they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, like I said, it that didn't happen before where you had t- uh, quarterbacks that really wasn't all of that sitting on top of the team, but they had very good running attack, a good defense, and good special teams. You know, it, it's, it's, it's documented. All right, so with that being said, fam, that's the preview on it, and it's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. The Tennessee Titans are a physical team. The Saints are a physical team. Which Saint club do we get? Which Saint club do we get going into the to Tennessee Titans? I don't think the Saints going to the Titans would have let down after they let us down with that foolishness that happened last week when Atlanta comes in here and wins. It's one thing when you lose in Atlanta. That's you know we'll be a little upset about that thing, but we'll understand it to a degree. But there is no uh, uh, explanation when you let the, the Atlanta Falcons come into the dome and win a game. That's that's no. And when all of the black and gold show out, and then it's because you just playing low IQ football. That's ridiculous. That's un. That's just ridiculous, man. So I don't expect them to have that type of play in the second game. They're going to be more on point with this stuff. That's what I'm expect. That's what I'm looking at. So with that being said, fam, let me go ahead on. And I'm going to put something up in the chat, fam, for the people to join in on the show. We're going to run this thing to right about 9 o'clock. And then I'm going to chop it all, baby. I'm going to chop it right on all, baby. And keep on moving because we got the Pelican Post game report heading on tonight. So you can get your word in, your scores in. And right now, fam, before we start taking calls, drop you. Do me two, two things. Do service for me. Hit the like button. Subscribe if you're not a subscriber. And feel free to share the show links on social media feed with other Saints family members as well. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.